It's a pleasure to be with you. I, I was talking to my pastor this this afternoon, and I says, I'll, I'll be doing God's Word Baptist Church tonight. And he says, the church is going to start wondering and asking questions where you are. <laughs> and we laughed about it. But anyways, I don't mind. I love it. I um, being here, and I, I just want to be a blessing and an encouragement and a help and uh, to Pastor and to the church here. Thank you for having me. Hopefully, Pastor will be back soon here in the pulpit. Um, but thanks for putting up with me these past few weeks. <laughs> and so we, I don't mind it. I hope you don't. But um, and so good. Um, would like it teach a lesson today I think I taught some of this I think and then I think you, you had a new year service but I did row fast through this but I think it's an important message and I God put it on my heart I had something else that I thought I was going to do but he kept bringing this back to me and um, I want to talk uh, I want to teach on Matthew chapter 13. Uh, Matthew chapter 13. Verses, uh, we'll start with verses 1. The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside, and a great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some sea fell by the wayside. And the fowls came and devoured them up. So if you could picture that in your mind, the seed, the sower. Some fell on the wayside. The fowl came up and devoured them up, those seeds. Verse 5, some fell on stony places where they had not much earth. And forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. Um, verse 6, and when the sun was up, they were scorched. Think of a day like today, huh? The seeds in the stony ground. And when it was raining or when it was moist out, it sprung up. But then a hot day like this came along. And they were scorched. And they had no root. Stony ground. And they withered away. And some fell among thorns. And the thorns sprung up. And choke them. Those nasty weeds. Verse 8. But others fell on good ground. And brought forth fruit. Some a hundredfold. Some sixtyfold. Some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear? Let him hear. Let's look at verses 18. Matthew 13:18. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in the heart. This is he which receiveth the seed by the wayside so Jesus is describing his own parable here verse 20 
But he that receiveth the seed in stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet he hath no root in himself, but endureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. He that receiveth the seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choked the word, and he becometh unfruitful. But he that receiveth the seed into good ground is he that heareth the word, understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bring forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Lord Jesus, I just pray as we get into this uh, chapter here that you would uh, speak to our hearts. Help me as a preacher. Lord, use me today. Forgive me of my sin. Now, I just pray that I could be a good communicator of your word these next uh, few minutes. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So we're talking about seed here. And the seed that we're talking about is the word. The word of God and its seed. And the field that we're talking about is not the farmer's field, but we're talking about the world that we live in. This is the seed. The world needs the seed. People need the Lord and they need it to hear the word of God. They need to hear the gospel. So God is looking for great um, God is looking for great people to do great things. Uh, he needs somebody willing to sow. We need to sow. Um, in our texts, we have a parable about sowing. This parable will draw out the need for us for me to be a witness in this world. Um, so the question might be asked, who will sow? There's a need for sowers. Um, the need to sow. And if you think about this, there'll never ever be a harvest. The farmer knows this unless he sows first. He has to sow. He wants corn. He has to plant corn. If he wants whatever it is that he's going to produce or he wants to grow, he needs to plant the seed. Likewise, God is reminding us and Jesus is speaking a parable here about the reminder of, hey, we're the sower. And if we ever expect a harvest, we need to sow. We need to sow. Um, a lot of times we think that maybe tragedy and hard times or challenging things uh, will bring people to Jesus Christ. And he'll use those things. There's no doubt. But really, that doesn't bring people to Jesus. It's the word of God. They need the word. And unless they're sowing, they won't come to Christ. Um, when you think of God's word, it's grade A seed. It's the top. It does the job. Uh, you don't have to worry about the word of God. It's perfect. And uh, it, it's not graded or anything it's just top and it works but in order for it 
to work, it needs to be sown. You get what I'm saying? It needs to be sown. And so, um, and it's the believer. Uh, I think I, uh, there's a verse in the Bible. I can't think of it right now, but he's entrusted us with the gospel. Who did he entrust with the gospel? Us, the believer, the church. Uh, we're the church. So it's so important to not withhold and not keep the seed to ourselves. We need to sow it. There'll never, ever, ever be a harvest unless we do sowing. And so do not withhold the seed. Sometimes we think, well, people are not ready for the for the word of God. That's really not our judgment. Um, that's up to God and the Holy Spirit. But our job is to give the seed. And so don't withhold the seed because you believe someone's heart may be bad ground. Take it to them anyway. Because the word of God is powerful. And so let's examine these four types of uh, ground that's illustrated here in these scriptures. Um, first of all, we see in verse four, the wayside, um, the wayside. Um, again, we throw the seed out, but it falls by the wayside. Why does that happen? What's, what's the scenario here of the seed going by the wayside? Um, why don't and you've been there and I've been there? You witness to somebody, you share the gospel with them, but some don't understand. They don't get it. Uh, it's like talking to the wall. Have you ever felt like you were talking to the wall? Okay, a lot of times, huh? But sometimes that happens when you're witnessing, and some don't understand. But why? Remember, there's an enemy. There's Satan. Satan blinds the minds. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. The Bible says this. But if the gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Verse 4. 4, four second Corinthians, in whom the God of this world have blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of this glorious gospel of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine upon them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves a servant for Jesus Christ. Again, it's kind of a reminder here. We just preach Christ. Christ is going to do the work. It's not about us. It's about getting the seed out. Verse 6, For God who commands the light to shine out of darkness have shineth in the hearts to give the light of knowledge of God, uh, of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So again, it's the Holy Spirit that does the work, but we're not the Holy Spirit. So I don't know if that person is prepared or not or not for the gospel, but I do have a responsibility to sow. And I need to sow, and some won't get saved because that seed is goes by the wayside and and it gets trampled on and and as Jesus taught us, we know what happens to it. Um, um, and, and it doesn't have any ground uh, to grow in. And so, but we don't, um, sometimes we have to be careful as Christians. And sometimes we get the notion, and, and this is true, but again, we need to sow. We think, well, they'll just get saved by watching me. And I get that. 
And boy, it's so important to be a good testimony. A matter of fact, if you sow the seed and you don't have a testimony, uh, that seed will probably go by the wayside for sure. But in our good testimony, we still need to give the word of God. So why don't people get saved sometimes? Because they don't have the scripture. We need to give them the scripture. We need to give them the gospel. Psalms 119, 130 says, the entrance of thy words, words give light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. So it says thy words give light. It's powerful. The God of the word of God is powerful. And, but we need to use it. We need to use the word of God. So when we witness, it's so important that we have seed. And sometimes we think just talking about the seed and talking about church and things of that sort, that's good. And we ought to, and we, we, we use that, but you need to use the seed. You need to use the seed. You need to use scripture. Romans 10, 17 says this, and it puts it real clear. Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing. And what are they going to hear? And hearing by the what? Word. The word of God. So they're going to come by faith by hearing the word. But if we don't use the word, chances are they're not going to come by faith. And uh, it's going by the wayside. So again, I remind us, don't be discouraged if it seems to fall on deaf ears. Use the word of God. Give the word of God. You don't know God may be using or drawing them to God because of the word, the word of God that's given to them. It happens all the time. I, um, in ministry and of course, um, I think of prison ministry. That's what I do full time. And it's only sometimes I run into a kid yesterday. I ran into a kid just yesterday and I was walking out of the prison. I was always almost out to the getting to uh, out to the facility and a kid kind of just comes walking towards me. I was just walking and he was in his bounds. He was there and the staff were there. And he tells me, um, can I get a Bible? I never met the kid. I don't know who he was. He was new to the facility. And I said, uh, sure, I, I don't have any right now. I just passed out all my Bibles, but uh, I'll bring you one. And I got his name and I says, I'll bring you a Bible. Um, and then I says, but let me give you something. Let me share something with you. And I says, do you have any church back? And he said, church background. And he says, no, I don't. Um, but I, my, my mom, she, he says, my mom was, uh, in uh, a Catholic. We never went to church or anything. And she told me that, uh, I need to make my own choice. So I was just kind of picturing he's really never been to church and he had a family that really didn't care to share with him about the importance of church. And so he says, but I, I think I, I think I need to get baptized. My understanding is. And so I already picked up here. He's looking for, he says, you know, I'm a sinner. This is what he said to me. I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness and I don't know how to get forgiveness. So he was thinking, maybe if I get baptized, maybe if I get a Bible, maybe. So it was almost like, what must I do to be saved? God had an appointment with him. And I pulled out a gospel track. I had my New Testament there, but I had a gospel track. And my gospel track has verses on it. It has uh, pictures and, and things that would help somebody understand how to be saved. And so I, I say all that to say is, what if I didn't have a gospel track? What if I didn't have my Bible? It had been really difficult to lead them to Christ. Because I didn't have the seed. So whether it's the word of God that we're using or it's a printed in a gospel track, we need it. And by the way, he got saved. He accepted Jesus Christ. 
And God had an appointment with him that day. And I happened to be at the right time at the right place. And he, and he was right there and never met him before. Um, but I had a gospel track. I had scripture. I had the gospel. So I was able to lead him to the Lord. So don't be discouraged sometimes if our, uh, our witnessing falls on deaf ears. We give it to them anyways. First Corinthians three, six and nine. The Bible says this. I have planted Apollos watered, but God gives the increase. So then neither is there he that planteth or anything, neither he that watereth, but God giveth the increase. Um, now he that planteth and he that watereth and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. What this is saying is there's a lot of people that probably been praying for this kid. I don't know who it was or whatever. And I see this all the time too. There's a kid, he might even have Christian parents. He might even have some Christian background, but he's not saved. And there's somebody praying for him. Maybe it's a grandparent. Maybe it's a, a pastor in a church, or maybe it's his mom or whoever it is. They've been praying and they've given him the word and they've given him the gospel. And he just, it was falling on um, rocky ground or whatever the ground is, stony places. Um, but then there's finally a time when somebody else comes and witness to that person and there's been a lot of people working, but yet it's there that God gives the increase. And what I'm trying to say is we never know when that time is, but there's been seed planted and the seed is there. Just haven't had opportunity to, uh, To come. So what we need to do is I just say we need to witness. We need to get the word out because people are out there and they are ready to be saved. But they won't get saved unless we give them the word. We during our missions month at Greater Portland, our pastor always would say the gospel is good news only to those that receive it on time. It's not good news if you never receive it. But it's good news. And there's people out there and they might be right ready uh, to be saved. But if they don't get the word of God, it'll be challenging. It's like um, falling by the wayside. So sometimes it's the Holy Spirit. It's not drawing them. Jesus made it clear that if he be lifted up, he will draw all men, but sometimes our life does not lift up Christ. It exalts self. And so the Holy Spirit stays away. There's the witness part. I don't know why we think sometimes we could be an, a jerk and then hand people tracks. It doesn't work that well, very well. Okay. And so we need to uh, understand that our life must lift up Christ. And the promise is in John six forty four, Jesus made it clear. If he, uh, let me read it again. Jesus said, it's clear. If he be lifted up, he will draw all men. So Christ needs to be lifted up. And people will come. And if our life doesn't lift up Christ and, and if it exalts self, the Holy Spirit will stay away and there's not going to be a work. Um, John six forty four says this. No man could come to me except the father which has sent me draw him. And I will raise him up at that last day. Again, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. You want to witness God work? You want to witness the Holy Spirit work? You need to throw out seed. 
and you'll be amazed what God will do. Romans 8, verse 5, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So we sometimes hinder the spirit of God. And we need to be careful. So that's why the seed sometimes goes on um, the wayside. And then the second uh, ground that he talks about is the stony places. Some won't endure. Um, why doesn't that seed be able to get the roots deep down in the ground? A lot of times, and this happens a lot in the prison, and I confess, um, kids get saved. We, we give them the gospel. They come to know Christ. And they're going to heaven, as far as I know. That's between them and God. But sometimes what happens is they stop growing right there. They get saved and then they stop. They never get in church. They never go to Bible study. They never get the doctrines of the Word of God. First Peter chapter 2, verse 2 says, As newborn babes desire the sincere, sincere milk of the Word, that they may grow thereby. So when we get saved, we're like a little baby. But what does a baby need? Milk. If it's going to grow, if it's going to be healthy, we need to grow. Same what the Bible is saying here. When we become saved, we're new babes. And we need the Word of God to grow. Acts 2, verse 42, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Again, they continued. They had fellowship. They had doctrine. They were breaking bread together. They were praying together. That's growth. That happens in church. That happens in your personal devotions. That happens in serving Christ together. We grow We need to be connected. We need to grow. We need to get to know our Savior. And getting to know our Savior, uh, we need to get into the Word of God. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13, Till we all come in the unity of faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth no, be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into the into all things, which is the head, even Christ. It's talking about spiritual growth. And until we spiritually grow and we get the doctrines of the word of God, and you get that in this church, but if you don't, we're going to be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. There's a lot of things out there. And a lot of those things, they, they, they say they're Christians and they come in the name of Christ, but it's not right. It's not the word of God. It's not what God is teaching. So we need to be careful to be a wise Christian. And part of that is growing and learning and uh, getting into the word of God and getting into a good church that's teaching the word of God. And then I must say this. What people need, they need doctrine, but you know what they also need? And it's so important. They need love. They need acceptance. So if they come to church and they feel uncomfortable and they don't feel liked or if everybody's staring at them and all that stuff, they're a brand new... By the way, 
We need to be careful when visitors come. We need to greet them. We need to talk to them. We need to uh, get to know them. We kind of don't assume it's somebody else will do it. Because it might not happen. And I don't know, I don't think you, I don't know if some of you remember the first time you went to church. I, I don't know what kind of background you had, but, um, man, for some of us, it took us years to finally get into the building. We thought about it. We knew we needed it. There have been a time where we didn't think we not needed it, but, it, uh, but we needed something. And finally, that day came and we entered into the church and we sat there and how sad it would be, how sad it is if that person is not even greeted, not even acknowledged, not even just totally ignored. And maybe it's because they look different. Maybe they're in the world and they don't know, they don't know what we know. And, but we have to remember where we came from or we at least have to understand. John 13, 34 says this, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, by this, because of that, by this, all men shall know that ye are my disciples if you love one another. That person should come and say, you know what? I don't understand these people. They're a little bit different. That's I'm talking about that person that just came to church. But I know one thing. They love each other. They care about each other. That should be our witness. That's what Jesus is teaching us. And we have to understand that we're working with people. Man, there's a, they're, they're a mess. You don't have to tell you that. And they're so far from, uh, the culture that they're living in from our Christian culture, but we need to understand that. Romans 12, 9 says this, let love without dis, I'm sorry, dissimulation, arbor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. Not slothfulness in business. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patience in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing the necessities of the saints, Giving to hospitality. That's the Christian. That's our testimony. That's our witness. And we need to be careful to be a people that uh, are loving. And I get it. Uh, there's a wicked world out there and we need to stand against it. But we also need to be careful to be a good testimony and do things right. First John chapter four, verse seven. Beloved, let us love one another for the love of God and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth knoweth not God. He that loveth not knoweth not God for God is love. Hey, if we're a Christian, if we love God, we should be lovable. <laughs> it shouldn't be that person that you're very... Uh, uh, you know, I don't have to explain it. Nobody wants to be around you and nobody. Anyways, we need to learn to be Christ-like. So in saying that, then we also have to have a purpose. We need to get connected. We need to get involved. And I won't spend a whole lot of time on that. Uh, every person, every Christian ha- uh, needs to have a purpose to serve. We need to find our where what God wants us to do, and that connects us. And when we serve and when we're able to do something for Christ, whatever it may be, how small or how great or how public it is or how uh, unpublic it is, we need to find our niche and do it. We need a purpose. And we need a purpose in the church. 
Um, and so I think of all that when I think of stony places. Hey, the seed was thrown. The person accepted the word. But then tribulation comes and hard times come. And in order to survive those hard times, they need doctrine. They need acceptance. They need help. Uh, they need a purpose so that they could be grounded. And if we don't get grounded, uh, it's not good. And then there's the seed among thorns. We get distracted. The cares of this world. Uh-oh. The cares of this world. Luke nine fifty seven. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee. Whatsoever thou goest, I'm there with you, Jesus. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not have not where he lay his head. And he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury the dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. Luke 9.61, and another also said, Lord, I will follow thee. Let me first go bid farewell, which are at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow, looketh back, is fit for the kingdom of God. And I look at these verses, and they're all legitimate excuses. <laughs> They're all excuses I use. But what Jesus is teaching us here, man, we have a bunch of excuses why we can't do what God wants us to do. But that's a dangerous place to be. That's not good ground. That's among the thorns. You know why? Because Jesus says this to us. First Peter 5, 7. Casting all your cares upon him. For he careth for you. To me, that's teaching me, you know what? I need to be totally dependent on God. I need to let him take care of those things. And so many of us are trying to take care of things that we just need to hand them over to God. And we get so busy caring for these things, we get out of the God's will eventually. You get what I'm going with the word of God saying more than what I'm saying? Um, we got to just trust him. And we not just be obedient to him. And we get so busy and before you know it, we're out of church and we're working and we're doing this and we're making money. And we have bills and it's all legitimate. It's all good stuff as far as the world is concerned. You're doing, you're being responsible, you're caring, you're, you're building a house, you're doing this, you're making money, you have a nice car, you have bills, you have this. That's American way. But is it God's way? The world will look at you, oh, you're successful. But when's the last time you witnessed? When's the last time you worked in vacation Bibles? When's the last time you showed up and you for prayer meeting or whatever it is? I'm just throwing those out and I'm speaking to myself too. So we need to learn to trust him. Cast all your cares upon him for he careth for you. No man having put his hand to the plow looketh back is fit for the kingdom of God. That's pretty harsh. That's what Jesus said. Then we get the deceitfulness of riches. Oh boy, we be careful. Proverbs 3, 7, Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. 
So we get these things in our mind and we get focused on them and we, we're pursuing those things and we forget God's purpose for our life. Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Hebrews 13, 5, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee or forsake thee. God, I'm just going to, you know, just in case, I'm going to build up uh, some things here in in case you don't take care of me someday. That's not good, huh? But that's what we do. That's what we do. I will never leave thee, he says. I will never forsake thee. Well, he says, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. Just put your hand to the plow and go forward. Don't look back. And I'll take care of everything. That's faith. And then I end with this. The seed on good ground. Hmm. That's what we want, huh? That's the goal. We want to produce fruit. The farmer plowed and he got that filled and he worked it and he fertilized it and he spent tons of hours in that field and he just got it right. And it's ready to be planted. And the question might be asked, Brother Rick, how much fruit have you borne? 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. And it, it, this is between us and God. It has nothing to I'm not judging anybody here. I'm just reading the Scripture. And it's really not our duty to bring forth fruit. But what our duty is, again, let me say that again. It's not our duty to bring forth fruit. It's not our duty to bring forth fruit. But according to this verse, these verses we were studying, it's our duty to sow. We simply need to sow. But I can't help but wonder of a lack of spiritual growth. Is it due to a lack of sowing? Is it due to a lack of sowing? I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gives the increase. It's not my duty to produce. Some planted, some watered. It's God that gives the increase. But we need to plant. We need to water. Where, what is your goal? What is your vision? Proverbs 29:18 says this, where there is no vision the people perish. But he that keepeth the law happy is he. Let's put a vision in front of us. What could we do? How could we sow? And I get it. Not every one of you is going to go to prison and do what I do and all that. And But you, we all could do something. God's called us and given us the ability to do something. And I'm not saying you're going to go out there and stand in the corner and preach. Maybe God will tell you to do that. I don't know. But I'm just saying there's something we can do. Giving to missions. I love that. I'm a missionary. (laughs) Do something. Pray. There's a lot of people that would love to give you a list of unsaved family members or loved ones. And if you could pray, that's something. I see the track rack out there. There's tons of tracks. Take some and maybe have a goal. I'm going to pass out a track a week or whatever your goal is. Do something.
do something in the church. Not always preaching and teaching and soul winning, but there's something we could do. And the church is a lighthouse in the community. And we need to be a part of something that will allow the lighthouse to keep working. And if anything that we could do in this world today to make a difference, boy, it sure needs it. But in order for that to happen, you need to have a heart for the lost. Psalms 126, 5 and 6 says this, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtlessly come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Do you have a heart for the lost? Maybe you could pray for a heart for the lost. You need to learn to trust God. First Corinthians nine ten. Oh, saith he, it all together for our sakes, for our sakes, no doubt, this is written that he that ploweth should plow in hope, and he that thresheth in hope should be a partaker of this hope. Trust in God. God is our hope. Carry a Bible, get a New Testament, get a soul winner's New Testament, get tracts or whatever it may be. Use a Bible, Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. Be prepared. Have your sword. You never know. That kid walked up to me. I wasn't looking. I wasn't walking towards him. He went across the whole campus to walk towards me. And pretty much what he said is, what must I do to be saved? I don't have a Bible. I don't have a track. I'm not prepared. I don't know what to say. Um, 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 Nice to meet you. Hey, God has entrusted us with the gospel. And we need the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, 25 says this. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. Let's be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You've been there. I've been there. Uh, the Holy Spirit says, give that person a track. This happens to me probably more than I'd like to admit. And uh, I'm not prepared. I don't have a track. <laughs> I'm not prepared. It's because I'm not yielding to the Spirit. We need to be prepared. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. And lastly, if you've never received Christ as your personal Savior, hey, you don't have anything to sow. You need to be saved. We're all sinners. Sin separates us from God. But Jesus Christ reconciles us back to God. It's his death, his burial, and his resurrection. We need to believe. We need to trust him. And then so, once you accept him. So, we're done. If you're not saved, man, what we need is to be saved. Maybe you're today, your, your seed is on stony ground. Maybe you're lacking doctrine. Let's not be in that dangerous position. The cares of the world, entangled in the world, We're so busy that we forget our priorities and it's Jesus Christ. Are you among thorns? Are you being choked by the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches? Fix it. 
Or you maybe are in good ground. And the question might be asked, what does your spiritual harvest look like? And um, it's between you and the Lord. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. Thank you for uh, Matthew chapter 13 and the reminder of our job of being a sower, being a waterer, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I pray that we can um, today be reminded of that. Help us to make changes in our life if they need be to be what we need to be. What a wonderful week that we have next week, an opportunity at Vacation Bible School. It's a place that we could participate in and the gospel is going to be given. And there's children there and some of them may not be saved. What an opportunity to be a sower. Uh, Maybe in the community, uh, there's somebody that you've been praying for and thinking about and Maybe it's time that we be more prepared to sow the seed. Maybe some of us today are getting caught up in this thorny bush, this thorny ground, this deceitfulness of this world and the cares of this world and riches of this world. And we're so busy and we're pursuing life and we're getting going forward. But the truth is we're out of God's will. Let's change directions and get back in God's will. Let's be faithful to Him. And again, I must say, if you're not saved today, Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you. He wants you to be part of His family. And you might pray a prayer and say something like this and mean in your heart, Dear Jesus, I realize I'm a sinner. I realize there's a penalty for sin. I can't pay that penalty, but I trust you and what you did on the cross was for me was for me come into my heart forgive me of my sins be my savior today amen 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 thank you lord bless you